Welcome to Hallmarked Up with Mary and Sarah. Hello and welcome to season two of Hallmarked Up with me, Sarah. And me, Mary, who um, I half can't believe we let ourselves get talked into watching Hallmark movies every week again this year. I know, I know. It's not exactly our favorite, but... I think based on this uh, preview that we saw this week, they're kind of stepping up their game. So maybe reviewing their movies and saying they're too formulaic and a little bit crap is helpful. I don't know. But there's still going to be there's still going to be plenty of formula this year. I actually the first thought I had when we started watching the preview night was that we should have made a bingo card for the preview night and we would have gotten bingo like with the first movie. That was an absolute good call. It did feel like every single movie is still following the same format, but they're doing some of them with like a tiny bit of a twist that might appease the sort of like more liberal thinking human to think that Hallmark isn't entirely about falling in love with your boyfriend from high school, at least not the traditional boyfriend from high school anyway. We obviously watched the preview Saturday night. It was on really, really late for a Hallmark situation, I would say. But we did stay up. I have to admit, I was actually in my bed watching it at one point. Candace Cameron Bray, CCB, hosted it. Got a preview of just some movies on the Hallmark Channel itself. And then the following night, they did one of the movies in Mystery Channel. But we didn't watch that. We just did this one. So we'll stick to the main movies for now. And the first one was Jingle Bell Bride. Mary, what do you remember Jingle Bell Bride to be about? Well, I think that this one's really notable for two reasons. And one of those reasons is this is they you could have written this movie custom made from one of Sarah's uh, Hallmark bingo cards in that the woman is a high powered career woman. She is a wedding planner workaholic from New York City who travels to a small town and finds love with a small town boy. In this case, she's going to travel to a small town in Alaska to plan a wedding and find love with the florist. That's right. The florist in Alaska. The thing that was interesting about this movie as the first one of the preview and essentially the first one of the season is that the woman is very typical Hallmark brunette lady and the guy is actually African-American. So this, we believe, could be one of the first interracial couples that we've seen since our days of watching Hallmark anyway. Yeah, I'm not aware that in one of the Christmas movies, at least, there's ever been an interracial couple as the main two characters in the movie. So I think this is a step for Hallmark. Now, it's interesting that they picked like the whitest state in the union to make that happen in, but whatever. There probably aren't that many florists in Alaska, to be honest. There are probably only, you know, probably not a lot of flowers growing in Alaska. Right. So I know this is this is my my naivete about how amazing Alaska can be in the off season. So so that's Jingle Bell Bride and checks a lot of our Hallmark bingo boxes. And interestingly, also one of our sort of Hallmark wish list boxes. So there we go. Correct. So, yeah, so we, we we are hoping to watch this one this weekend. Of course, I think it's so bizarre that we are now watching Christmas movies well before Halloween, even one would think. Last but, year, the preview night was like the night before Halloween. And I was like, this is ridiculous. Now we're going to have actual Hallmark Christmas movies, four, four of them before Halloween. Before yeah. Halloween. You know, like I don't really start to feel like Christmas till at least Thanksgiving is past, but we're going to be living it for a month longer than that at the low side. 
I have to say, my husband believes that November 1st is the acceptable date to start decorating for Christmas. He has a Christmas village that he sets up in our house, and he's been kind of counting down the days, you know. Ah, that is, to be fair, not that far away in the scheme of things. So, yeah, um, I actually think I'll probably be away the, between Thanksgiving and probably New Year this year. So I don't know if I will decorate at all, actually, which would be a bit weird, but because I do like to do it. But, you know, there's kind of no point if I'm not going to be here. Yeah, definitely. So, so that's Jingle Bell Bride. Uh, it's this weekend. We're going to hopefully watch that one. And the next one that we were introduced to by CCB was called The Christmas Waltz. It stars Lacey Chabert, and she appears to have been stood up at her wedding, or she called it off, or whatever, but for some reason her wedding is canceled. He called it off a month before, if I remember Ah, okay, I missed that in the preview. I didn't make good enough notes. So at any rate, the wedding has been canceled a month before, called off by him, but she still is kind of obsessed with uh, learning how to do the waltz because she paid for these lessons. And, of course, some kind of romance ensues with her dance instructor. Can I just point out that no one in a Hallmark movie is ever, like, upset about being dumped? That's very true. And even when we watch breakups happen in Hallmark movies, they tend to be extremely amicable. (laughs) Right. They're either very amicable or else the person is just kind of, like, mildly surprised and not really upset. And then they, like, bounce back immediately. They're just, like... Right. Hey, British ballroom instructor. Oh, yeah, he's British. This is important. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Quite often, they are breaking up with someone to immediately get with someone else, and there's still no bad blood. Exactly. I mean, obviously, this guy that Lacey Chabert was going to marry, I suppose, probably doesn't even know that she's going to take these dance lessons, so it wouldn't be the typical story. But usually, the two guys are almost in the same room together, and she just has to say, I don't want to date you anymore because I have to date this other guy that's right here, too. Right. And they're just like, okay, you know. That's too bad, but I understand. Which brings us to Christmas with the Darlings. Now, I'm going to be honest about Christmas with the Darlings and that about two things. The first one is I entirely missed what the plot is. I missed it entirely. All I caught was that there is a dumb scene where they are fighting over what counts as a Christmas cookie. However, the most the reason I missed it is because I was so excited about this detail of the movie, which is that the lead actor's real name is, I shit you not, Carlo Marx. What? His name is Carlo Marx. Oh my god. Okay, you definitely did more research than I did. But I did manage to get another tiny bit of the plot while you were obviously looking into Carlo Marx. I mean, is he going to like lead a revolution together with Frederica Engels? Because if that's not where this is going, I'm going to be really disappointed. Well, maybe it's where our version of this movie goes. I I also was distracted by the fact that they were the darlings and like one of this was going to have a Peter Pan sort of kind of thing. But what I did get out of the preview, but you're right, there was only one scene in the preview, essentially, and it was about baking cookies. But CCB suggested that somehow his brother and sister-in-law must die, and he inherits his niece and nephew and has to, like, adopt them immediately. And he becomes, like, a brand-new father. And some woman, who I don't even know where she comes into play, because... I don't know if she's their nanny or she's like the next door neighbor or who she is, is obviously going to become their new mother. And maybe. And she has unorthodox opinions about Christmas cookies. Yeah, because she said you could have oatmeal raisin Christmas cookies, which I have to think was a bit out there. I thought it was just like a weird debate to be having. And then I turned to my husband and I was like, these people are arguing over whether or not oatmeal raisin is Christmas cookie. Like, who the fuck cares? And he's just like, oatmeal raisin is absolutely not a Christmas cookie. And like, I will fight you. I, um, I so, agree it wasn't worth fighting about, but I do not think that would be considered a Christmas cookie. 
Yeah, my family always makes like my mom will make like 12 types and some of them like look like Christmas cookies. They'll have like sprinkles and Christmas trees on them and shit. And some of them are like chocolate chip cookies, but like right. they go on the Christmas cookie tray. Right. Well, I guess you do. We do make those ones that are like the peanut butter ones with the Hershey kiss on them. Right. There's, yeah. Like, some, it's not just sugar cookies. Like, no, I you're right. I would agree with that. Like you have to, and gingerbread would count and you know, there's plenty of other things, but I thought oatmeal raisin was pretty unorthodox. I'm not going to lie. All right, that's fair. I'm not going to fight you. That's a that's a fair point. Then we saw one that I actually am pretty excited about. Knowing who is starring in this, I have a potential thought that it could be a musical, which I think would be really, oh, really exciting. So it was one royal holiday, which is very typical. There's always a royalty theme in Hallmark of some kind. And she's probably the, he's probably the prince of like, I'm, you might have written it down, but it's probably like, some Eastern European sounding fake nation of like Paulvania or something like that. Gawick, sorry. He is the Prince of Gawick. Oh, so that sounds a bit more almost United Kingdom-esque. Yeah, this is definitely, that's definitely got to be like a place in the British Isles somewhere that exists and they're just, yeah. That we just don't know of or whatever. And so anyway, she meets him while he's probably studying in a town in America, it looks like, and then they end up that, that she goes there. The woman who is in it is a Broadway star, and the guy who's in it, I think, is a country music oh, star. Oh, interesting. So I was like, oh, my God, if this becomes a musical, I think that's long overdue. I would really like to see them do, like, a proper musical. I, I agree. I would like to see them do a proper musical. I do want to point out two things about this movie. One is that if I caught this correctly, the Prince of Galwick is stranded with his mother, Her Royal Highness the Queen of Galwick, and they are snowed in. Like, they, their flight's been canceled because they're snowed in. And the in lead Galwick? character... I don't, I no, not in Galwick. Galwick, in, like, wherever in the U.S. or Canada or whatever the main character's in, wherever, whatever North American adorable small town they're in. And the main character is an innkeeper who invites them to stay at her inn. And I find that like somehow hilarious that like actual royalty would just be like, oh yes, thank you. We're so grateful for the chance to stay at your like country inn instead of booking like the five star hotel by the airport or whatever. Like, Yeah, um, and that makes it sound a little bit like Magi-esque or something. I don't know, like she's the innkeeper? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe there's I, no maybe there's no room at the five star inn. Oh shit, you're right. No room at the five star inn. That would be that would be an angle. I can see a lot of. We should definitely watch this. I can see a lot of places this would go. The other thing I wanted to point out is, is it just me or do the royalty in these things always have this like generically foreign accent that's like quasi British but not really? Uh, well, I I think I don't know. I've I've looked into some of the royalty ones and they often get like somebody that has an accent but they have them put on a different accent so like uh-huh. they'll get an australian guy to put on a, a sort of british accent which always makes them sound relatively artificial to me but it's um, never like a good i mean maybe because they're b-list actors and they're not i don't know it's never like a good like convincing british accent though it's always like where is he from i can't quite place him right. maybe that's because he's from galwick which is not a country which is not a place i mean and even when they do the Malvania or the ones that are obviously some weird Eastern European, they definitely don't sound Eastern European. They sound British. Yeah. And and they and they all speak English, which is really handy. And to be, I suppose most of Europe probably does, but like they speak English on the regular and even to each other, which you surely wouldn't do if you lived in a non-native English speaking country. You know, maybe Galwick is an English speaking country. You know, I think right now we're just expressing our ignorance of the 
of the you know, proud nation of Galwick. That's true. I do think that one looks good because uh, it's got a lot of good things going for it. So, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to that one for sure. Premieres on Halloween. Oh, yeah. There's probably plenty of things to do on Halloween. It would be weird to watch one on Halloween, but, you know. Let's it, be honest. Nothing's happening on Halloween this year. But. I know. It is going to be an odd year for most things. So why not watch a Christmas movie on Halloween? Yeah. So then that brings us to one that they, that I actually thought this was quite a clever title. So <laughs> I'm kind of excited about it. It stars Ashley Williams, who's one of my favorite girls who does the Hallmark movies, I have to say, in a movie called Never Kiss a Man in a Christmas Sweater. And the only thing I really remember, because I, like you, when you found out about Carlo Marx, was so excited about the title itself, that the only thing I wrote down was an injured guy cancels a ski trip and somehow she ends up hanging out with him or something. Yes, so she is a single mom. And he is a successful architect. And I think he has one hand. I'm not entirely sure, but I think that was mentioned. I, know, at one point. I remember you commenting about that. So I don't know. That would be interesting to see if that's true. Well, that, and I'm not that sure. That is also a bit of a, of a change. I, don't, I would say, firstly, if there is actually a man with only one hand, it would definitely be the first time they've done that. I mean, and if they do, I can't tell if that would be like representation, like people with disabilities playing leading roles in the movie, which is great. Or if it's just going to be like inspiration porn, like, you know, make his disability into this. He can do anything and you can find love after misfortune. Like, you know, like, so we'll see. There is some sort of tree lot incident. I wrote down, here are the notes I took. Tree lot incident, no puns or anything in the title. I was very impressed by that. It's just like a an on-hallmarky title. So yes, I too was struck by the title. There we go. There's a tree lot incident. I don't remember anything more. One would hesitate to guess that nearly every single one of these has a tree lot moment, as it is definitely a square on the bingo card. But, yeah, you know, you're yeah. Right. That was even in the preview. I, re- I recall that. Then we have a Nashville Christmas Carol, and it looks like this might be their kind of like bigger budget movie this year based on the list of names in the cast. Correct. I would agree with that. But we did one kind of like this last year where there appears to be like they're producing some kind of TV show that's like for Nashville at Christmas. And there's the new producer and the ex-boyfriend. And I mean, it was a very similar kind of concept to one they did last year. Mm. So... I have to admit, as much as it does have some all-star people, which I didn't write down any of their names, did you? No, I remember that I hadn't heard of most of them, and then I said one of them to Kyle, and he was like, she's super famous. So, I mean, Winona Judd, was that one of them, maybe? Yeah, but it wasn't like the one last year that had Kristen Chenoweth. Like, you know, they, I, I just was far more excited about last year's one, and the year before that was The Christmas Train, which was the Baldacci novel that I actually quite liked as well. You're it right, stars Jesse Schramm and Wes Brown. Winona Judd is in it. Pam Tillis is in it, and she she's famous. Emmy Lou Harris is also a famous musician, but they're all playing themselves. So there appears to be lots of maybe, like, appearances. It'll be good for the country music fans. That is not me. So, But, yeah, I think Jesse Schramm is a bit of, like, a musical person. Oh, I'm, I'm looking back now at my royal holiday. I am correct. The girl I thought was going to be in it is definitely a, a Broadway star. So I didn't confuse them. But I, I think Jesse Schramm is like a Nashvilleian kind of person. But I don't know things about that. So, yeah. Then we had Christmas in Vienna. And I, I wrote down a direct quote in my notes for this one, which was, 
concert violinist whose heart just isn't in it anymore. Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, the only thing I wrote was Americans in Vienna. Like, we know we did, which we ended up liking because we, it was in uh, Rome. But, like, this just feels like the script's probably going to be the same as Christmas in Rome, but with a slight change. And I, I hate that it's always, like, okay, they'll do this Christmas in, like, insert, like, you know, romantic foreign city here. But they'll always both be Americans. And, yeah, like... She's not going to fall in love with a foreign person. But but maybe. I mean, that would be a bit of a, a, bit of a change. Maybe, maybe he won't be from... No, they're both Americans, and they meet, in that scene where they meet, they're both making, like, self-deprecating jokes about their monolingualism and commenting on how everyone speaks English anyways, and it's kind of, like, barf-worthy to me as a language teacher, but whatever. Uh, well, and I must I must have taken note of that, because that's exactly what I wrote. Like I said, Americans in, in, Vienna, in Vienna, so... It's, like, exactly like the open, not the opening scene, but the scene where they meet in Christmas in Rome. The difference was, in Christmas in Rome, she did speak Italian, in theory. She was like a tour guide or something, but um, but they meet and they have this whole like, oh my god, you speak English, and are like really shocked oh, to meet. Yes, yes, that's so annoying. To like, meet another English speaker on like the bridge in front of fucking Castel Sant'Angelo, as if like there are never English speakers there, like. Exactly. Oh so, yeah. So that was that'll surely be you know it obviously is a scene we've seen it already. I have to admit I'm not that excited about that one, but we'll see what happens. Might be good for comparison's sake to uh, Christmas. Yeah. Then we've got uh, Christmas Tree Grows in Colorado. So I thought that was another interesting title. And this one appears to be about a single firefighter. Yes. And was it the woman was the firefighter? No, no. He is a single dad who is a fireman. And she, I don't remember what she does, but she falls in love with a single dad firefighter. Yeah. And, and I did recognize her, the woman. She was kind of, she's been in a few other bits and pieces let me see if I can pull up the description because now I feel like we were oh but this is this is a a far more typical both African-American stars of this so Aaron is planning the town's Christmas celebration oh there we go and must win over the firefighter Kevin to to ensure that she gets the best tree possible like you do apparently the firefighter picks the trees Oh, I see. Okay, gotcha. So um, that's what that one's about. I don't know. It doesn't sound too special. It's uh, it's uh, coming to us Thanksgiving week. I just want to say, I think the most notable thing about this one is the remarkably unsuccessful literary reference in the title. Oh, Like, yeah. you know, it's obviously a reference to a tree grows in Brooklyn, but it clearly has nothing to do with that. And so I think you could have done that a couple of ways. You could have done a tree grows in Colorado. You could have done a Christmas tree grows in Brooklyn. But they were just like a Christmas tree grows in Colorado. It's just like you're pushing it. Come on. It is. It's a bit too far removed. I, I will agree with you there. So I'm, I'm not very excited about that, but we'll see what happens. I have to admit this next one I was super pumped about <laughs> just because it has this crazy time travel thing. Like, and it, uh, yes. it's so unrealistic. It's never going to really happen in real life. And to be fair, what Hallmark movie could happen in real life? But this one is so out there that, like, I was very excited about it. I tend to like the ones that are like, what if they get another chance to go back in time and see what their life could be like if they pick something else? A bit Christmas Carol-esque or something. So this one is called A Timeless Christmas. And the woman apparently is like the sort of the docent at a mansion. And she even dresses the part a bit in, in the day the victorian era wherever this house is from 
by, I don't know, like sort of magic, some kind of magical thing. She's talking about the man of the house of the day and uh, by the magical art of movies and time travel, the man appears in the house from, and he looks just like the guy who's in the painting. And apparently through some weird twists, he has actually come to 2020 and is now back in his house. And apparently they see him as a very good character actor in the previews, but um, we're going to learn that he's not a character actor. He's like 200, you know, 100 years in the future or whatever. And amazingly, he's going to fall in love with a very modern woman who happens to care about mansions and history, I'm guessing. So it was actually 1903, according to my notes. Okay. Um, So you're not that far off, just barely post-Victorian there. Yeah. And in 1903, of course, they did, in fact, have Hallmark hair. um, Oh, yes, we did. We did joke about that as we were watching together. And yeah, it is a magical clock that transports him. And so she's just, just, yeah. I'm getting excited thinking about it already. I have to, when is this one coming on? Because I got to make sure we watch it. I didn't this. write down the date for this one. Yeah, me... I've got it. I got the app handy. So it premieres Sunday, November 15th. So All right. um, that one is definitely going to be one I would like to watch because it just is so out there and not really typical, which I'm looking forward to that one for sure. Awesome. Christmas, Christmas, Merry. Christmas, Christmas gay. Christmas, Christmas happy. Today's a special day. Then there's the Christmas house. And it stars someone who they seem to think should be a recognizable name, who was not to me, but Robert Buckley. And his family inspired the story. And so he plays an actor who goes home to reconstruct the Christmas house that his family used to be in the tradition of creating every Christmas, where they would make their entire house inside and out this like interactive like Christmas wonderland. They apparently stopped doing it when the kids grew up. And now his parents are getting older and they're like, I want to bring back the Christmas house. And so they bring him down, they bring him down home to help them bring back the Christmas house. And it looks like he is going to connect with his high school sweetheart, who it is noted is the literal girl next door. I've got really distracted. I'm glad you summarized it. But like, I just pulled this movie up on the app, right? And we talked about how this was an actor whose life is sort of like this. I don't know the subtext behind the movie because we didn't learn a whole lot more than what Mary described. But the reviews, and there's already 10 of them in the app, maybe more. And they're talking about, let me just read this one. I have loved Hallmark's Christmas movies for years and all of their movies up until now. Hallmark has always been known as a, air quotes, family-friendly network, but Uh it's now bowed down to the LGBTQ community. I will not be watching any of those movies, and if it continues, may cancel my Hallmark Movies and Mysteries subscription. I don't judge their lifestyle, but I don't want it shoved down my throat either. And the next one says, thank you for making movies with diversity. I'm enjoying the new faces. To those who say, why are they showing a gasp homosexual movie on a family-oriented network? Brace yourself, gay people have families too. Can't wait for it. So it's already creating quite the stir. This could be the one that there's a side story with a gay couple adopting a kid, which I know I read about. But obviously, listeners to this podcast will know that we obviously support any kind of change in diversity on Hallmark. Because as this person rightly said, 
there's plenty of ways to make a family. So, you know, I think that is really great. So I, I was not that excited about this one. I thought it looked kind of dull. But if it really is based on someone's sort of life, and if that really was another part of it, that's kind of cool, too. And it will be interesting to see how far they go with that, because it looks like it's definitely not going to be the main character. It's definitely going to be some sort of secondary characters. And they've had in the past secondary characters who we definitely thought, like, read as gay. But yeah. um, it was always the subtext. It was never explicit. So, you know, good for them for going there. But I'm kind of curious as to, like, how far they go there, if that makes sense. So anyway, so this one seems controversial, but I say bring on the controversy hallmark because this is the real world. And even the Pope says same-sex marriage now, as, as per yesterday. Well, he said civil unions. So let's not give him too much credit. That's true, but. but give them the same equal rights to be together, which I think is a definite step in the right direction. It's, it's a step. It's a step. It's not, you know. For sure. For sure. So, so then we had... We got on the 12th date of Christmas, which I... I can't believe we haven't thought of this title before. I, I have to admit, I've been thinking about sort of thing like this. Now, there was one with a very similar title, and i got to look it up right now, that, that was a non-Hallmark one that starred Mark Paul Gosselaar, huh. otherwise known as Zach from Saved by the Bell. What? And it was on ABC Family, and I have watched it many a times because I like it. And I'm just trying to look up what it's called. The 12 Dates of Christmas. Oh. So, um, and it's about how a woman, like, keeps living the same day over and over and over again. And so she gets to know this guy. It's a bit Groundhog Day and gets to know him. That kind of thing. So this one, The 12th Date of Christmas, was of some kind of, like, she was a scavenger hunt creator. I just want to point out this job title definitely falls into the category of things that are only real in Hallmark movies. So she is a game creator for a scavenger hunt company. This is not a thing, people. Like, you could be a game creator for, like, video games. I don't think there cannot possibly be scavenger hunt companies that do only scavenger hunts. Well, to be honest, I can tell you that, like, there are people that will pay for that at their corporate event. So there is. Sure, but, but you might hire, like, an event planner who will plan a scavenger hunt for you. But you're not going to, like, They would hire be more like a team-building company, I would sure. say. Like, this is very, very, very specific. Yes. Um, and I wrote down that she's Australian. Oh, all right. In the um, movie or just the actress? I don't know. All right. Um, I don't... I don't know how I knew she was Australian, but I wrote that down. But I, I, maybe she doesn't, maybe she didn't put on an accent. Maybe she's actually speaking with an Australian accent, and that's how I knew. All right. Because I do not recognize her at all. But um, she definitely is from Australia. She moved to New York in 2011, but she's from Melbourne. Uh, but this one, I don't know. It seems, remember that one last year that was kind of like a Christmas There was a Christmas scavenger, scavenger hunt? hunt last year, and it was, it was not, it was great for the bingo cards. Great yeah, for the bingo cards. It had every single, like the bingo card was how they made the scavenger hunt, essentially. Yeah, and so I, I will say that for it. But there is going to be a citywide scavenger hunt, like at least make a scavenger hunt movie 
two years apart, I would say. Like, you can't roll out the exact same concept. You know what? You can only make 40 Christmas movies in a year without recycling ideas for so long. That's true. That's true. You know, like, we've already done Christmas in Rome, Christmas in Vienna. Like, yeah, I don't know. It's Not only are we formulating the layout of these movies, we're also repeating plot lines over and over again. Yeah. But, you know, um, that's all right. I would say, how about less movies, more interesting plots? But that I don't know. What do you think, Mary? Fair enough, though. I mean, like, I think their entire model is, like, people who, like my mom, will just, like, turn these on anytime all through the Christmas season. And if they see one two or three times, that's fine. But they also kind of, like, like that there are always new ones. So, I mean, I, I think it's definitely a quantity over quality situation, which, like, would not be my preference, but... We've also no, determined right. that I am not their I'm not their target audience. If they're playing these like 24/7, regardless, right. you know, you have to have a pretty big pool, and you know, even my mom tends to watch the non-Christmas ones. Even it's just a way to feel better. So, and you know, to be fair, probably in these times it is nice, but like you know, I've been to their house a couple times since all of the lockdown and COVID in this country, and. Um, she'll be like, ugh, this is a terrible one. Let's watch something else. Like, she's, 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 she's seen them already and knows if they're no good. But, you know, I do tend to like some of the, I mean, like is probably a stretch, but some of the ones they do on the movies and Mur- mysteries channel, not murder, I shouldn't say that. However, there is a lot of murders that happen in those movies. Some of those more like series or one-off movies are are quite interesting in the off-season. When we, we did watch one as a bit of a one-off at yeah. one point. We, and particularly because we wanted to see the Philly aspect of it, which ended mm-hmm. up being not very much at all. Because <laughs> so as next... we know, they don't ever film in America with any of these Hallmark movies. Yeah, there's certainly no like filming on location. They'll definitely have like stock footage of you know San Francisco or Philadelphia or like whatever the city is at the beginning, and then they'll go to you know the thing that they shot in Vancouver. Which... Then we have um, one called Good Morning Christmas, which I actually thought it shouldn't have been called that because. I mean, I get why it's called that. It's about a morning show, but the morning show had a better title than the movie itself. Which was Bright and Merry. So I don't know if, like, one of their last names is Bright, I'm guessing, and the other one's first name is Merry or something like that. But, like, that sounded more Hallmark Christmas movie title to me than Good Morning Christmas. Yeah. And it's about co-hosts that used to compete with each other and they don't like each other, I'm sure. And then I'm sure they will fall in love. Shooting on location in a place called Mistletoe. Oh, yes. That's right. That's right. That's right. At one point, he confesses that he's sorry for not being a team player. And she confesses that she's sorry for being, and I quote, bossy. So that's where we are in 2020 is the the women are bossy. That's all right. All right. And that stars Allison Sweeney, who is a a fairly regular in the scene for sure. So next we have... If I had to pick, like, a favorite from the previews, it might be this next one. It's Chateau Christmas, and it's premiering this weekend, actually. And one of the actors described it as, it's like a musical, but different, because it's classical music. Which sounds like it may or may not work, but it sounds like if it doesn't work, which, I mean, not unlikely, I might at least be entertained by, like, some classical Christmas music. So anyways, so we have two people who fall in love working on a Christmas concert. She is a pianist. He is a cellist. He has a PhD in cello and music theory, and he is directing the Christmas concert. 
and they are old flames from college. They yes, used to date. I was gonna say, I wrote that down. She uh, famously chose music over him. Yes, and it looks like maybe in the end she won't have to choose. Exactly. So, uh, but yeah, we do think we're gonna probably try and check this one out. Uh, Mary's particularly excited about the potential music that could be good in this one. So um, we're we're looking forward to that one this weekend as well. And then, of course, we had to close the show with the, the CCB one. I, I find it hard to believe she's only going to do one this year, but maybe she has another one in the movie. They just didn't make the preview night. Yeah, maybe they just didn't want to overload the preview night with, like, five CCB movies. I know, exactly. So this this one... I don't know. It feels like they're trying to get a bit too much happening here. It's got a bit of a side. It's called If I Only Had Christmas. And and it's got a bit of a Wizard of Oz theme to it. There's some almighty person that's like the ruler of some town where she's going to go work. And, you know, I think she has to probably along the way to impress this person, find a heart and a brain and some courage or something. I don't know. That's That's just my guess. And she even, the promo, she even had like fancy red shoes, if I recall. Well, I, here's the direction I think they're going with it, because CCB, when she was introducing it, like not in her scene in the movie, but as the host of the preview night, was saying something like, oh, you know, this is a shout out. I forget the word she used, like homage, something to a certain Christmas favorite or a certain Christmas classic. See if you can see what it is. Oh, yeah. And from that, I, I'm going to surmise that it's it's not a Christmas carol or something like that, because it's going to be something that's not in the public domain and that they probably can't reference directly for copyright reasons, but they can kind of wink and nod at. Sure. I, I think it might be It's a Wonderful Life. And it's not obvious from what they gave us, but there is like, you know, you could see him as the grumpy Mr. Potter type figure, the the, you know, rich guy town tyrant and her as the, you know, the George Bailey type. Now, in no version of It's a Wonderful Life should George Bailey and Mr. Potter ever fall in love because that's a terrible idea. However, I think that might be what they're doing. The reason I think that is also because at one point he was referencing what a tyrant he was or something like that. And he says, oh, what do you think I'm going to do? Close down the building alone. And that's what I think led me to believe that this is a play on It's a Wonderful Life. So I think that's where they're going, but I could be wrong because they're not very explicit about it. And I, I suspect that's for copyright reasons. Oh, see, and I totally just, just assumed it was Wizard of Oz. Okay. So, and I, I think they even go to a town called Emerald. And okay. the person who she's going to, I don't know, like, but you're right. They were very, very not clear on that. Yeah. So, you know, there's definitely going to be some some interesting things there. This one looks like I'm just taking a look at the premiere time. It's not. It's like Halloween. Um, sorry, no Thanksgiving Sunday after Thanksgiving. So it's definitely going to be a gather the few people you have around you in these times of COVID because hopefully people won't do crazy things and watch the thing that you sometimes do watch it. At, but it could be either one of those movies around that time of year. So it'd be interesting. It could be though. I don't usually associate The Wizard of Oz with Christmas, but Me I mean either. it is. A family yeah. movie. It could also be both. I mean, because true. I don't think Hallmark is very concerned about like artistic coherence or anything like that. Well, so, and okay. It's a Wonderful Life is like it in itself is Christmas Carol esque. Yes, it definitely. Is. Like so, it's definitely just following a pattern. Yes, for sure. What if we got to do our lives again, and then throw in some shiny shoes and Town of Emerald, and then you could call it whatever you want. <laughs> I yeah. 
we should watch that one and see. We should like make a bet in advance on whether it's playing off of It's a Wonderful Life or Wizard of Oz, and then see who wins. Well, and that could even be a game. Like make a little hash mark for every reference to your movie or yes. my movie, you know, and see and see how we go. So that sort of closed out the preview. We didn't obviously see every single one. We didn't get to learn about all 20 movies that are going to be on. The I thought they said 40. 40, including the ones on, on the other channel. Movies and mysteries. Okay, So gotcha. So this weekend, the four that are premiering is Jingle Bell Bride, Chateau Christmas, both of which got a mention in the preview that we watched. And then on the other, over on the other channel is Christmas Tree Lane and Delivered by Christmas. And then... I mean, if you're really like watching the all of the channels, they even have a new one called Where Great Holiday Stories Come to Life, which has some of more their more classic ones. And I mean, they're just branching out left, right and center. They're doing a few more on Hallmark drama this year. It's actually a little bit nuts, I would say, how many... Like, I actually signed up today, and I don't even know how it works really, but to do like the bracket... And I don't know how you even decide to win, but you can like win, I don't know, thousands of dollars. So, of course, I would try at least. And you get three chances to pick your team and you have to do it across four different channels. All right. I don't know if I have that kind of dedication personally, but you pick it at the start and you just roll. So, all right. You don't have to do much except see how you go. All right. Um, But I was like, but to win 25 grand or whatever it is, I will try. And, oh, in fact, here it is, the the Hallmark um, fantasy game. And you just pick, you sort of, which movies do you think will be the most watched? So maybe that's how they, I don't know how they can tell us or if they pick this at the start and they know. But, um, and you just go through and you select. I did get a very strange notification the other day that one of the movies that I had picked, Sense, Sensibility, and Snowmen, which you remember from last year, I don't know if we watched it as a part of our series, but it definitely was in the last season. It will not be shown this year. And I I was interested to know why they just suddenly decided to remove it from the, the packet. Interesting. Interesting. So I don't know how they decided, but they just said, you're going to have to repick your bracket because that one will not be shown. So at any rate, that brings us probably to the end of what we're looking forward to for this weekend. And of course, the next, I don't know, geez, we must be like at least 10 weeks till Christmas, right? I, I guess, yeah. So it's going to be a long time till we get there. But then I can see, like, looking at their schedule, as we get closer to like Thanksgiving, they're having them on Tuesday nights and not necessarily just Saturdays and Sundays. Oh, one thing I did want to mention that. I was slightly disappointed in all the movies and mysteries that used to premiere at nine o'clock, which I understand why. And then they would put their Hallmark movies on at 8 p.m. Eastern time. But they must have been upset that people weren't able to watch both. So they now have an 8 p.m. start on the Hallmark movie and a 10 p.m. start on the movies and mysteries channel, which for me is a little bit late I have to admit so you know it might limit what we watch but you know obviously there's some good titles over there on the other channel so we might have to do a record and and watch it at a later time I also want to point out something about like the sheer quantity of these movies they keep making so I can only assume that most of the filming on this was done before the pandemic hit Um, well obviously with our uh, social media feeds I follow a few of these regular actors and um Mm -hmm. I know at one point in the summer, CCB, for example, went on a plane, had to be in Canada two weeks in quarantine, and then they started shooting. So, 
Wow. I don't. I would have thought some of them were done well before, but and I figured they must do these like in the previous Christmas season almost, right? For the following, but right. Um, it appears that that may not be the case, and they, they did do some shooting this summer. Now maybe they're shooting spring movies. I don't know, but I know actually Lacey Chabert definitely had footage of her filming Christmas Waltz during the COVID times. Interesting. So here it's I was wondering kind of if face like shield and everything. That's very interesting. I really wonder if, because I was sitting here thinking maybe they'd all been filmed before, and that would mean that next year we'd have like a sudden like drought of Hallmark Christmas movies. True. Um, but maybe not. Maybe well, not. To be fair, if you think about like a regular feature, they take a they have a very decent production schedule. But for something like this, maybe you can knock it out in like a week, and you don't need to do as much more. Right, because there aren't actually that many minutes of movie. Like they run for two hours, and probably a good third of that is commercials. Particularly towards the end, it's like particularly every five towards minutes, the end. There's another commercial. They have so many commercials, so I'm guessing each two hour movie is no more than like. 75 minutes of movie. Probably, probably. So maybe the production schedule is not that hard. And I mean, I have to admit, speaking of commercials, this past year, I felt Folgers, who we know is like a traditional sponsor of the channel and is sometimes featured in their movies, they had some funny advertisements last year. Really? Yeah. You know, it used to be, Folgers used to be a much more blatant Hallmark product placement thing. It used to be that, like, literally every single movie, there would be a scene in the beginning where, like, the camera slowly panned over a can of Folgers and then to, you know, somebody dressed really wholesomely, like, taking a deep breath over their coffee, like, every single time. Well, maybe they, maybe because they actually have so many more people watching these movies now, they're paying more for actual time to do yeah, maybe. commercials instead of actual product placement. Well, I think but the like last year, product placement now maybe annoys people more than it used to. Maybe I'm wrong about that. Last year they had an ad that was like some like guy that old the father-in-law in the shower and the woman walks in on him in the shower. <laughs> like it was like quite risque kind of Really? Ad. On Hallmark. And, and they're wow. singing the song that like that will wake you up or you could have Folgers instead. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, and it was actually kind of funny. I, I remember enjoying it a lot. So for for a Folgers ad, shall we say. <laughs> but anyway. All My right. dog just popped we, in to say We hi. obviously have a very busy weekend to head to watch some of these movies, and um, we'll uh, we'll get back to you with our, our – our, oh, Mary's, Mary's dog is joining us now. We'll get back to you with our regularly uh, scheduled segments, including the bingo moment, our hashtag relatable moment. And then, of course, our famous red pen rewind and rewrite, where we actually tell you what they got wrong and we try and do it better. So we'll see you hopefully next week to tell you about our movie that as we hallmark it up. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for listening to Hallmarked Up. Find us online at hallmarkedup.com, on Instagram at hallmarkedup, and on Facebook at hallmarkedup with Mary and Sarah. Remember to follow, listen, and review wherever you get your podcasts.